It's that time of the week again. It's that time when the latest episode of Digital Kill the Radio Star drops. Drop! It's time to waste another hour or so with David and Chris as they spout out more of their worthless music knowledge. It's time to hear them discuss the music of their youth. As well as the music of today. So kick back, relax, and have some fun with David and Chris. Digital Kill the Radio Star starts right now. (laughs) Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Digital Kill the Radio Star podcast. This is your host, David. I have on the other line with me my co-host, Chris. Mr. Craig, how goes it? Goes well goes well another week almost down how are you man i'm well had the day off today got the day off tomorrow so um all is uh all is good um summertime is here and uh concert season starting i'm going to see uh you're gonna hate this but i'm going next weekend to see widespread panic back to back two nights in a row yay (laughs) (laughs) so you're gonna hear like two songs uh maybe 10 i don't know hey the good thing is though they're not i mean they never play the same set list so it's not going to be any repeats but uh yeah uh going with a buddy of mine actually it's got a box and so um i'm uh i'm looking forward to that um hey i did see uh you probably thought cannibal corpse was in the news recently right speaking of music you like <laughs> not cannibal Sports fan, gone to see them. I respect them, but what what are they in the news for? I don't know this. I can't even remember now. I was just bringing it up because you were giving me a hard time about widespread panic. So I was like, Cannibal, uh, for here on out, <laughs> Cannibal Corpse is always going to be my response. Hey, hey, don't knock you. By the way, I'm going to say this to anybody that that maybe has at least heard of Cannibal Corpse. You probably at least heard of them. Corpse Grinder, who of course is the vocalist, <laughs> he's a great follow on on uh on um instagram and i mean that the guy it's funny because he he's obsessed with target in every city he goes to he goes to a target and i'm not making this up and he'll send pictures of the store outside of target and he'll talk about whatever deals he got at target and then on top of that this guy called corpse grinder with the sickest album covers and sickest lyrics is the ultimate family man and it's just kind of funny do you think? Uh, do you think they they appreciate that kind of um, uh, advertising from him? I'm sure they do. I mean, they probably do actually. And I, I think it's. I just think it's funny because he legitimately seems like he may be one of the nicest guys in metal. He really does. But it, again, there's my uh, there's my Instagram follow recommendation: George Corpse Grinder. <laughs> Animal Corpse. <laughs> so, somebody actually, there was a he put a picture of he put a picture of I think it was yesterday with his with his daughter, and I don't know how old she is, probably about fourteen, 
and she looks just like Corpse Grinder. <laughs> and uh, and somebody said she was wearing like some kind of dress or whatever. And somebody said when she starts dating and guys come over to pick her up, are you going to introduce your, introduce yourself as George or Corpse Grinder? <laughs> All right, so I just pulled up my Instagram. I, yeah, you're right. His ch- his child looks perfectly normal. Yeah, his, his wife does. I mean, it's a normal family. Aside from he, he's a singer for Cannibal Court. What does your dad do for a living? He sings for a band. Oh, he's in a rock band. Yeah, what are they called? Cannibal Corpse. What, what's your dad's name? Yeah, George Grinder. George Corpse Grinder. <laughs> What if it, what what if like he really truly like legally got his name changed that uh at the doctor's office, <laughs> Mister Corpse Grinder? <laughs> Corpse Grinder. Oh man. Oh. oh who know, who knew we were gonna, who knew we were going to start this off with laughing about Corpse Grinder? Hey, maybe I mean, every, seriously, seriously, it seems like a great guy. Maybe every week now we can do a Corpse Grinder Instagram post. <laughs> yeah. we, we we review one of them. Oh man! All right, so back uh, back on format here, as our friend Steve Wright <laughs> likes to say. Um, so, Chris, I mean, I know you're aware of it, and uh, I've I've retweeted it and uh, tried to post it on Instagram. Uh, our old buddy Todd Poole's band Roxy Blue uh, has just released uh, a single called uh, "Silver Lining" from their uh, forthcoming album, which will be their first official studio release release since like 1992. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and when does this come out for people listening? Is it August? I, I know it's August. Yeah, so it's going to come out August the 9th, and we're going to be at Rockin' Pod with Todd. Todd will be there on August the 10th. Uh, so if uh, you uh, want to go to see uh, the Nashville Rockin' Pod August the 10th, Todd will be one of the – I think the whole band's going to be there uh, – will be um, – uh, one of the guests there, and uh, it'd be cool if you are a big Roxy Blue fan to go see that. Yeah, look, I, I'm uh, b- before we even talk about the song. I just, I mean, and we'll talk more about it. You know, when we uh, when we get, we'll have we'll have at least Todd, if not the band, on with us on you know in the future, coming up pretty soon. Or we're already talking with Todd about that. And Todd is just he's just a good dude. Uh, I, I we said that a lot, but. He really is just the, the nicest, most down to person, and so I'm just really happy for him. You know, um, it's it's a long time. I know he's so so excited about it. Um, so support these guys if you ever like them. Go go pre-order their album. I know they want to try to get us. I'm going to actually promote vinyl, which you know everybody flat that listens to us knows about how I goof on vinyl listeners. But I know that would mean that's going to mean a lot to him trying to get vinyl, and if they get enough. If they get enough pre-orders, they're going to be able to put that out in vinyl. So go make your pre-order. But um, the song, yeah, it's it's different. I mean, if you if you put it on, you're not going to hear something. It's not going to sound like anything off Want Some. And that's okay. It's heavy. It's good. And, you know, I, I know Todd has talked about there's going to be some more Roxy flavor on the disc, that which is which is cool because uh, – you know, the, the song is very good, and it's very, very in-your-face, very much more aggressive, much more <coughs> much more of a hard, hard rock song. It does, you know, you're, it's a sound, it's a little bit of a sound change, but you got to think, it's, Sid was kind of a, had a unique sound to him, unique tone, so Sid is the only guy that's not in the band anymore, but um, Jeffrey is a really good player, uh, filling in Sid's shoes very, very nicely. 
And on this track, there's there's not they don't it doesn't have the traditional Roxy harmonies in it. But again, I still really like the song, and I'm looking forward to hearing the record. I am too. I, like I said, <clears throat> what started out as us approaching him a couple years ago at uh, the Rock and Pod Expo uh, has honestly turned into a friendship, and uh, he's just the nicest guy. And uh, I just uh, I just wish all the success in the world on him and the band. Uh, they definitely. Uh, deserve it you know and as far as it sounding different than the original roxy i mean todd's 27 years older you know or however 20 <coughs> yeah 25 years older or whatever than he was uh and you know he's had different life experiences and he was also in saliva for a while and he had 714 and you know he's written for under the radar uh can just write several different styles very easily and uh, uh i encourage anybody to go to youtube and uh uh, search for Todd Poole, Times Are Changing. He we recorded that in uh, Chris's living room uh, when we first met Todd, and it is one of the best versions of that song you're ever going to see. But yeah, so it's put out by Frontier, so you can go to Frontier's website and uh, order it, or you can get they have it on like Amazon. You can go to Amazon and pre-order it. Uh, I pre-ordered uh, several copies, so uh, when we do our interview with Todd, we'll get him to sign them and. Um, uh, whoever else is in the band there, sign them, and we'll do those as giveaways. So uh, really happy for him. And um, if you want to go to the Nashville Rockin' Pod this year, it's August the 10th, and uh, they will be there. So go and uh, pre-order it and support those guys. They uh, they definitely uh, they definitely have paid their dues and deserve it. Um, Chris, what else is new? That's kind of my new thing, other than I've been um, still listening to The Cure uh a lot which is uh really good and uh i've been listening to the national a lot lately they had a new album come out and um actually it's crazy you know you there's a you know there's a podcast about everything now there are actually two podcasts devoted full-time to the music of the national um and so anyway i've been listening to that a lot but uh, what have you been listening to uh, the only thing new, different I've been listening to, I've still been listening to a lot of, uh, a lot of Panopticon, you know, I've just become a really, really big fan of, of theirs. And, uh, I've been, what else before I get to the other that I've been listening to? I mean, I, the, the new, the new album, the new music that I've been listening to is the new Vampire Weekend. Uh, I've been a fan of these guys since that first album came out and, I don't even remember when that came out. It's been a long time. Uh, I think it was, I want to say it was like around 2006 or so. And the last album they put out was in 2013. So they've gone six years. And this one is, you know, I've heard some, the the reviews of it aren't, I mean, they're not bad, but they're not great. A lot of people have been disappointed because the sound is a little bit different. And um, they, some people kind of can, Think of it as uh, I can't think of the guy's name, um, the singer's name. They kind of contributed as almost like a it to being a solo album. But I really, really like it. I mean, I like uh, I like all their albums. But I've, when I first heard this, uh, I thought oh, it's it's different. And but now I've just I've I've, I've literally like I've, I've kind of worn this one out. But um. Yeah, check it out if you've ever if you ever liked Vampire Weekend. I mean, most people remember the ver- the first record, but the, this new one's really good. The the opening track I just absolutely love called "Hold You Now." Uh, 
Harmony Hall is great. Um, this life, Bambina, it's, it, I just, I really enjoy the whole thing. It's, some people say it's too many songs, it's too long. It's really not that long for as many songs. There's 18 songs on it and the clock's in at under 60 minutes. But New Vampire Weekend, it took a long, long time to get up, to get one out and um, worked the wait. Hey, really that, good that's something you and I have never discussed. I think well, I want to get your opinion on this, and I'll give you mine. Now that you know people aren't making money off selling albums, there's really no need to edit them or have a filter or whatever. And it seems like every album now that I buy comes out has 14 or 15 songs on it, uh, which I think is it's too long because so many times I'm afraid that like I get into like number song number 10 or 11 and they start getting kind of the same and I don't necessarily give some of the ones at the end enough attention and they may wind up being really good ones. What's your what's your thoughts on that? I don't know if the industry, if the state of the industry has changed that. It, it may have. I, I haven't really given that a whole lot of thought, to be honest with you. Uh, it, it may have. It, it may have affected it a little bit. You know, maybe, maybe there's even less. Maybe there's less pressure from record labels too. And a lot of these too, a lot of them are on ind- these bands we're listening to are on independent labels where right. they're probably not being pushed as much to let's pick the, the the ten or eleven best songs and let's just go with that. Right. So maybe that's part of it, is the state of the industry. It's still kind of falling along with Jashayan as far as the state of the industry, but now, kind of what we talked about the last podcast, Now there's so many, so much music out there, so much stuff putting out, so much of the stuff we're listening to, are not. they're not on Capitol Records and having four singles off of a 10-song you know, album to where you know, you got the, you got all the, uh, the label suits, you know, telling them what needs to go on and what doesn't. Who knows? Well, and since the primary mode which people get their music now is from streaming, you don't have to worry about disc, you know, how many minutes you can put on a CD. That's a good point. As well. All right, Chris, we're going to completely rip off another podcast today. So, yeah, uh, I've already spoken with Steve Wright from Potter Than Hell and and, and told him, Man, we're straight up stealing your idea, and so it was actually your idea to to do this. So I'm gonna let you introduce it because this has been one of the more fun podcasts I've had to prepare for. Okay, well, and I'm glad I'm glad you enjoyed it because I told Steve I uh, I was driving to Dallas. It was that weekend. You know, regular listeners, you know that I, I went a couple months ago and saw Death Heaven in Dallas and. On the drive, you know, every now and then when you're on a long drive, you, you, even if you're a huge music nut, sometimes you take a little break and want to listen to something different. I was like, man, what's there to listen to? And it's not football season, so I can't listen to the talk. And Howard Stern's now PC, you know, garbage, so I can't listen to Stern. So um, but let me check out my buds and Potter Than Hell. And I just start, I think it was the newest episode that they had. Is either the newest episode that they had at the time, or I just there's something about it that caught my attention. I, I really don't remember. But what they did was they decided that they each picked. They thought of a band that they never really gave a chance that they're very aware of, and they wanted to try. They wanted to try them out, and so they uh, they each picked the most pop. What they thought of was the most popular album by a band. And they listened to it and listened to it several times, and then they all talked. Now, some of the guys, like some, like 
I remember uh, BB picked uh, Typo. He picked Typo, um, Bloody Kisses, and I remember he absolutely hated it. And the other, I mean, you talk about really, really shitting on an album. He did. <laughs> and I liked that album. But the other guys liked it, and so they were familiar with it. That's my point in what we're saying. What we're going to do tonight, we're, I'm familiar with a few of them that, that uh, David's doing. But um, we each picked albums we're not familiar with. And it started out, we're, let's each do three. And then I had a list of five, and David liked my list of five. And I thought, well, why don't you take one of these other ones? And that's how he did it. And so we thought, I, I thought it, it would, you know, if we only did like they did, one album, well, we'd be done in ten minutes. And so we each have four, and we're just going to talk about albums. Um, you can call it albums, or you can call it bands that we should know or be familiar with, but we're only not. You know, we, we know the names. Some of them, I know the names and barely knew a, a, a lick about, but um, that's what we're going to do. So, and and I'm, I know you. I'm going to let you go, go first, ahead. Chris. Let's do your. Let's talk about your four, and then we'll talk okay. about my four. All right, I'm going in no particular order. This was when I had I wanted to have this right in front of me as we did this, so this is no particular order. I'm just going in the way that they came off my head and I wrote them down. So the first one is a, um, a British metal band that, you know, from that movement of, what do they call that? Again? New Wave of that. British Heavy Metal. Yeah, so one of those Nawabum. bands that I never really... Wait, so that's what I'm looking for. What do, how, do you, how do they say that again? I think it's Nawabum. Okay. So, I love, love, love Maiden. I like, like Priest. I, I like a lot of those bands. But one that I'm always, I've always been familiar with the name, but never the music. And honestly, I always thought they really sucked. From what, just not that I had anything to base that on. For whatever reason, it just seemed like they were a crappy band. But the band I'm talking about is Saxon. And so I, I picked the most famous album, and I knew the name of the album. I knew it was their pop, most popular album, that's Denim and Leather. And so when I first put this on, I, I had very low expectations about it. But it's, all right, let's give it a shot, see what I'm missing. And this opening track comes on Princess of the Night, and I'm like, wait, does this rock? And the answer is yes. That song in particular I thought was just awesome and um i didn't love the album as a whole didn't hate it at all i would say it was a solid metal album solid uh, i really really like princess of the night my favorite one on there but never surrender the title track denim and diamond or denim and diamond denim and leather uh, out of control i thought it was a cool record um and, and we, we're gonna we're, kind of we, we david we didn't really talk about this but Towards the end, I kind of want to go back through. Well, I, I think what we can do on these is, well, let's save it for the end. We'll just kind of go through them and say, would you listen to them again? Would you, do you, what albums do you, what do you want to hear more from? So we'll kind of save this for the end. But, you know, on this album, uh, I thought, yeah, it, it, it's it's a pretty pretty decent metal record. What about you? All right, so I'll admit. And I was surprised, I was surprised by it, by the way. I was right. very surprised. So it. I'll admit going into it, my my opinion of them wasn't very high. I kind of thought they were going to be a very, very poor man's, very early Iron Maiden. Um, that's kind of was my opinion of them. So I, what I did is on each one, I just I made some talking points that I've written down. So 
My first one goes, I'll admit, my view view of this band wasn't very high. Same here. Then I have, I was very surprised by this album. I have, it was much more melodic than I thought it would be because they are kind of brought, you know, you kind of think of them as being heavier. And, you know, a lot of those new wave of British heavy metal bands really influenced thrash. And so it was a lot more melodic than I thought it would be. And I have that the first three songs and the last song are really good. So, um, first three are great. Yeah. And then I like, uh, the title track, Denim and Leather. And, uh, I put on here that I would probably be listening to them again. And I've, I've taken uh, a couple of those tracks and actually put them on a Spotify playlist that I have that I listen to. So, uh, I would say I was pleasantly surprised on this. So I guess if like zero is never listen to them again and 10 is love them, I would say I'm probably at a six. And that's pretty good for band a band we both had low expectations on and and you know and like I said we'll, I'll, we'll go at the end maybe what our, our biggest surprise was our least favorite um, who we really look forward to listening to again stuff like that but I'm gonna go with what you said too that I I um I don't think I listened to him for the last time that's the best way I can say it I don't think I listened to him for the last time and I think that's uh that's way more than I ever that's all you can ask out of this. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm like you, pleasantly surprised by Saxon. So my next stop is uh, a band that I have heard about for a long time and friends of mine that are into a lot of the same stuff as I am really love Steely Dan. What I've heard and unlike Saxon, I'd actually heard a few, you know, because they, they had some singles. Nothing was really big off this album, but an album is uh, is Asia. And nothing, I don't think that this album really had hits, but it's known as their, their biggest and best album, I guess, or at least their best album. And, you know, I, I'm going to say my, I, I didn't change a lot on them. I found myself kind of, this is going to be kind of a weird way to describe this, but listening in the morning, one, one morning is when I first put it on and driving to work. It's like, because of the way that the music sounds and kind of that jazzy feel and all, it's like, you know, it's not bad. I, I can kind of get down with this. And so I didn't love it. It wasn't, it wasn't torture for me to listen to. And, you know, I, I like the title track. I, I like. Um, I thought the song "Peg" was pretty decent. Very, very talented musicians. Everybody knows that about Steely Dan. But um, there, and and the one thing I will say that I give them a lot of credit for, nobody else sounds like them. You know, they they had a unique, very unique sound. But it's um, you use this a lot as a you you've said this a lot a musicians band, and I think of them as kind of that. They're um, or you can even say a music snob. They, they really like Steely Dan. For me, uh, lukewarm at best. I thought it was absolutely terrible. Uh, I've got on here, this is just horrible dribble, mid-tempo with no soul whatsoever. Deacon Blues is the most decent song on the album. This is their best-selling album, and I have I cannot fathom how. Look, I mean, so now I maybe feel like I was being a little bit too nice. I mean, I didn't... Like I said, I don't know that I just abs- I don't feel as strongly against it as you do, but I, I certainly didn't love it, you know. And I, 
I certainly didn't. And am I going to listen to the album again? Probably not. Am I going to go deeper into their catalog? Probably not. But I'm glad I tried them. I mean, my thing with it, they're obviously talented musicians because people who know what they're talking about in music all say that they're great. So I'm going to defer to them and I'll give it to them. They have, you know, their harmonies and stuff are good. But it just seemed like just like mid tempo. Every song was kind of the same. It's just, I don't know, like I barely could get through it twice. Um, this is definitely one. I mean, Do It Again, I think it's a great song. I guess that's maybe one of their more fav- more popular ones. And it gets played all the time on Sirius XM uh, on like classic vinyl or whatever. But uh, I, there's nothing about this that I got. I give it a 0. 0.5. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I, I, and I didn't give Saxon a ranking. Uh, if I had to give them that album a ranking, I would probably, I'm going to say somewhere where you did, I'd probably go, I might go a little higher. I might go about a six and a half or so. Just give you, a, play the prices right on you. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, which is, uh, let's be honest, that's pretty decent out of 10. Right. You know, that's definitely at least good. And I'm gonna go with the Steely Dan. I'm probably gonna go down to about. I'll probably get like a three. Yeah, you know, which is not good. I mean, it's not point five, but it's not good. So, I think we agree. Not 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 Steely Dan's not really for us. So next up, um, we've got a band that is from that whole late 70s, early 80s, New York movement, New York punk movement, one of the, they were kind of in the, the later, later stages along with like Blondie and all, but a band that people just love, 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 and that's Talking Heads. So I'm with the album Remain in Light. Full disclosure, I had heard the album before, which is probably cheating a little, but I couldn't remember any of it. I mean, any of it. So it might as well have been brand new to me. And... I, uh, I I love the song, the single, the big hit on it, Once in a Lifetime. I think it's a great song. And most of the other stuff on it was just okay. I didn't, I think I've just reached the conclusion that while I do not hate the Talking Heads, they're probably not really for me. And they're one of those bands that I think you can relate, and I think everybody can relate to this. You want to be a fan of them. You feel like you're supposed to be a fan of them. With everything that I listened to, especially all that stuff that came out of the late 70s or mid to late 70s New York punk scene, I loved most of those bands. And so I'm supposed to love the Talking Heads, right? You Eh, you would think. I don't. And as I said, don't don't hate them. Um, Not terrible. But it's just... Yeah, I guess I don't really get it. Well, I'm actually fairly fairly familiar with them because um, when I started getting into uh, widespread panic really heavily in college, they uh, very routinely cover the songs Heaven, Papa Legba, and City of Dreams, which, um, um, you know, when I was listening to those panic songs, I was like, who is this? Go back and, you know, talking heads. Um, I actually have some of their stuff. I don't have this album. Um they're very, very hit and miss with me. Um, so 
um, some of the talking points that I had on it were, uh, I said panic covers them. Um, David Burns' lyrics, he admits a lot of times there really aren't about anything. It's just, I think a lot of it's just kind of stream of conscious stuff. And so uh, they're not one of those bands I think you necessarily go look, you know, look much deeper than the surf, surface when it comes to the meanings of their songs. Uh, I actually prefer the latter day stuff. Uh, because a lot of it got into like more like world music influences, and it was actually really cool. And th- they're a band um, that puts out really good live albums. You ought to you ought to at least give like "Stop Making Sense" um, the live album uh, a little bit of um, a, a spin or two. It's really good. But so for, as far as this album goes, I, ha- I have it has its moments, but it's inconsistent, and that's my view of the band as a whole. Like you said, "Once in a Lifetime" is a great song. The other stuff, eh. Now, uh, a lot of people, you know, say this is when they started to find their sound, uh, this album, and then on later ones, they, you know, became more commercially successful with, like, The Wildlife and She Was and stuff like that. But uh, they're a band that I pick and choose on. So I'm not... But, you know, I'm sorry to cut you off. What you just said, though, those songs that you just named, along with Psycho Killer and all, you know what it tells me? They probably have a fantastic greatest hits. They really do. They really because I, I do like. I, I, I don't just think those songs are okay. The songs you just named are all very good songs. So I think what you said is perfect for us, anyway. Yeah. Just a couple of music dorks like us. They're probably going to be one of those bands that, for an, a whole album, we're just not going to get it. Right. You know, you're going to have some of that quirky type stuff, and it's just not really for us. Yeah. Give us a greatest hits, or as you said, a live album, which a lot of times is a greatest hits, and it's probably going to be some really good stuff. Yeah, I would say, like, on the whole, the the band itself, I give them a six and a half. I give this album maybe a five. I'm going to probably go right there with you. I'm going to probably say about a five. Uh, I, I think that's pretty fair. But I think a greatest hit, uh, and uh, you know, and I'm probably as as I'm, I'm sitting here having this conversation, I probably am going to listen to their greatest hits and see what I think about it because I could see myself giving a greatest hit an eight out of them. Oh, it's but, a, it's an it's an amazing album. When uh, I went to see the Winery Dogs a couple weeks ago in New Orleans, my buddy Kyle and I went to this like very it's a really really famous dive bar called the Chart Room uh, in the French Quarter, and they have like an old school jukebox. And uh, so I wanted to go put some music on, and they had the Talking Heads greatest hits, and I think I put about ten dollars in there and basically played all of them. Uh, you would, yeah, if you go and listen to that. Uh, I mean, Psycho Killer, This Must Be the Place, Life During Wartime, uh, Burning Down the House, uh, all of those are, are are really good songs. And she was the Wildlife. I think you would Psycho Killer, of course. By the way, the Wildlife and Psycho Killer, those are the two that I just absolutely love. Velvet Revolver on their second album did a, on, I think it's on a bonus track, did a killer version of, no pun intended, of Psycho Killer. But uh, yeah, so this album's not for me, but the band uh, is hit or miss, and I like I, I like their hits. Yeah, uh, well said, well said, David. So last up for me, I'm going to stay in the same year, 1980. A band that a lot of our heroes love. I mean, Butch Walker even has a song called Chrissy Hine. Yes, I'm talking about The Pretenders. And I uh, I chose the self-title. There's another one they have, I can't think of the name of it, that's really big too. 
but I, the self-titled one is the one I wanted to go with. Um, it seems to be the, seems to be overall the favorite. This was the debut, and um, I loved it. I really did. I, I thought it was great. Um, songs like "Precious," "The Weight," "Stop Your Sobbing," the the hit, the hit of "Brass in Pocket." And the song "Kid" is just so, so good. So, yes, I will listen to them again. I will listen to this album again. I will listen to other albums. I, uh, I put this album. Yeah, you know, I said I loved it. I only got I get way too ahead of myself, and I'm not going to give a ten or anything. But I, I'd give it, I'd give it an eight. Yeah, so I, I really just, liked it. I'm just vaguely. I mean, I'm. The, the hits from the pretenders I know and you know Chrissy Hine is you know kind of lauded as this like female trailblazer so you see her a lot of times like performing with like Sheryl Crow and uh, you know stuff like that um, and I think she has a very unique voice uh, I did have some misconceptions about the band uh, I always kind of thought they came out of the CBGB movement uh, in New York but actually they're from England and Ohio um, which I was doing some research on um I, the song Brass in Pocket, I love. The opening song, Precious, I thought it's the best song on the album. Um, I just really liked it. Um, uh, let's see, I have here, the album's better than I expected. Um, and I always kind of considered them more of a, like I said, that kind of, in my head, I had kind of that they were more like, you know, television and talking heads, honestly. But they're, they were much more, they were much more than that. Uh, overall, uh, like I said, there, there were some songs on the album I really liked. I kind of put do the same thing as I did with um, Talking Heads. Um, probably just cherry-pick some of their stuff, but uh, the album was definitely better than, uh, than I thought it was going to be. It was, it's, it's rocking. So, so for you say, it's not so much just like the like television. It's rocking, but it does still have you know, hints of a kind of punkish-type vibe to it. it it's a little bit more of a raw little punky type feel to it a little bit of attitude to it um it's definitely not i'll stand by you right that's for sure you know i i, I, I can say that for sure it's um they definitely have a lot more edge than that you know it's not i'll stand by you it's not even working on the chain gang i'll back on the chain gang whatever that song is which is a great song but it's not like that i mean it's more of a, a, a rocking album and uh, i i i just really enjoyed it I wonder how much money they get paid from Rush Limbaugh. You know, it's his opening song uh, as a pretender song. Yeah, um, they've probably been rewarded yeah. handsomely for that. All right, Chris. So those were, uh, a good, I thought, were a really good um, four albums to listen to. Um, fairly eclectic. Mine, I think, is a tad bit more eclectic, but um, which is kind of par for the course for this show, us having kind of a, a broad palette. But all right. So, my first one, I'm one of the few people that um, is kind of a hard rock and metal fan at times that's just not a big fan of Iron Maiden. And I'll tell you why. I wasn't real, I wasn't hardly familiar with them growing up. Um, And I've admitted this on this podcast before. For whatever reason, I have a hard time going back and becoming a fan of a metal band or a hard rock band that I didn't like when I was growing up. Now, I can't say that for other types of music. Uh, matter of fact, like, uh, I get into old bands all the time. 
I don't know why that is, but um, that's the case um, with me. So one of their kind of, I think kind of like one of their fan favorite albums is Power Slave. So I was like, I'm going to give it a try. So I listened to it several times and um, uh, I put on here, one of the things that's intimidating about going back to listen to a band like this is their catalog is so big. So you would never really ever be able to like appreciate each album as you would if you were a fan when they came out and you had to wait, you know, a year or two in between. It's just so much thrown at you. So for a band like that, that's a little intimidating for me. Um, I put on here, uh, I really like, you know, how they sing about historical events a lot. I think that's pretty cool. I have here that Aces High, Two Minutes to Midnight, Power Slave, and The Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner are really good songs. Um... Some of the negatives I had is a lot of the songs kind of sound the same, and which is kind of that Iron Maiden like galloping thing, which I think is really cool. But to me, a lot of times, it, just so many of the songs kind of have the same tempo and beat. That's kind of a negative for me. Uh, but I did put on here. I'll give their catalog a little more of attention. Um, a little more attention. I have gone and listened to some of um, Peace of Mind and. Uh, the album, I think it's Brave New World, has a song called El Dorado on there I really liked. Uh, no, it's not Brave New World. Uh, it's um, uh, Final Frontier. Final Frontier. And then, uh, yeah, so there's some, some definitely some songs um, that I like, and I do have, you know, that I'll give their catalog a little more attention. So if I were going to rate this, I'd give it a, I'd give it a solid seven. And that, you know what? For somebody just getting into Iron Maiden, that, I'd say that's a good score. Uh, if, if you if you're seven starting out, I think you could do what you didn't think you could, which is become a Maiden fan. Yeah, I um, I love Maiden. I mean, absolutely love Maiden. And the, you're you're right. This was a good this was a good album pick for you because this is a definitely a fan favorite. Um, you know, it's if you're gonna stick in just the the uh, if you're gonna stick with just in the Dickinson mode, then I would say you probably have to go, if you're going to go with an intro album, if you go with a fan favorite, you'd probably go either this or Number of the Beast. But I do probably find myself going Peace of Mind. I believe that's Steve's favorite as well. But I probably find myself going Peace of Mind. But And then a really, really, really underrated Dickinson album is um, uh, Seventh Son of a Seventh Son. It's a great album. But, uh, but no, this, this one... Is really 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 good. Um, Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner is just epic. I mean, that, that's probably their most just epic long song that they have. Um, yeah, Aces High is just incredible. I uh, that's a cool song when they play it live. I do like the other singles on it too as well. Yeah, two minutes, uh, two minutes of midnight. I like a lot, but. <clears throat> Excuse me. I also like. I mean, I like back in the village a lot. I like um, Flash of the Blade. I, I, I just. I like. I mean, I like all of them. Uh, I like this album, and for me, you know, I don't know where it would rank. It doesn't rank right at the very top like it does for most people. Not because it's bad, because it's really good. But I just have a few that edge that. But I, I probably give this. I probably give this album. Oh, probably about an. Yeah, I'd probably give it about an eight and a half. You know, I. I it's it's a really good Iron Maiden album, and it's uh, I would say too if you like this one, some of the other stuff may be a little bit more accessible because trying to go right off with 
you know, rhyming ain't some Mariner. It may be a hard song to get through if you're not really used to Iron Maiden because it's so long. Right. So, you know, it may, may be something like, like I said, maybe maybe Number of the Beast. Well, I, but I've, I'm I've, glad you tried Maiden. Yeah, I am too. Like I said, I'll, I'll be digging into some other things of those. So, um, Chris, how many podcasts do you think have had this sentence? Moving on from Iron Maiden to Brandy Carlisle. Uh, um, this might be the first. Yeah. So uh, Brandy Carlisle is kind of a she's kind of a big deal right now. She's been the darling of the alt country movement here for the last few years, and she just put out an album last year called "By the Way I Forgive You," which won three Grammys and just got a ton of press. And so I thought it might be good to give her a spin because she is, has such a high you know, uh, she's thought well, thought very highly of by the critics and by music fans. So uh, I have it did win three Grammys. I've heard about her for years. It's, you know, she's touted as being kind of this queen of the alt country movement right now. The first half of the album I thought was really good. I enjoyed kind of the, I don't know, the strings or orchestra type um, uh, instrumentation that was going on in the background of a couple of those songs. Uh, the opening song, every time I hear that song, is particularly good. Particularly good, um, but I have that the back half of the album is pretty boring, too kind of singer songwriterish. And what I mean by that is, it gets kind of hard to to make a song more unique. You know, and it's just you and a guitar, and very little instru- instrumentation. After a while, it gets kind of old. Uh, she has a beautiful voice. Uh, it's very talented. I would say that from here on out, when she has something new coming out, I'm at least going to listen to it and probably like a few songs off of it. Um, so I, I would probably give it a seven and a half or so. Um, I'll, I'll definitely be checking new stuff out from her in the future. I agree with what you said, but the back half got a little, it wasn't bad, but it just wasn't, it wasn't exciting because, you know, I, when I listened to this, when I first turned it on, I, I had, I, I knew nothing about her. I really didn't know what I was about to listen to. Um, I mean, it, for me, it could have, and, and sorry, I'm going to be extremely non-PC here. I thought I was going to listen to the Indigo Girls. And I like the Indigo Girls. I, I like a lot of their music, but, you know, because I see this known, you know, lesbian singer-songwriter, that's what I thought I was listening to. And turns out, like you said, very Americana reminds me a lot of Emmylou Harris, and yeah. the opening song. Every time I hear that song, fantastic. The next song, the joke, really good. Hold out your hand is a ten. It's that good. Yeah, it is. That song is insanely good, and I was familiar with the song only because Dave Hoss just put it out on an EP but I'd never heard her version. I just heard his, and I didn't know that there was a cover of Dave Hawes until a friend told me, or Dave Hawes was covering that until a friend told me it was a Brandy Carlisle song. I was like, huh, that's odd. He's doing a Brandy Carlisle song, but, and it fit Dave Hawes perfectly. But, yeah, that, that, that song it was probably, probably yeah, that song might be my favorite song of any of the songs I listened to, of any of these that were new to me. That was probably my favorite song of all of them. And I would definitely be willing to give her another another go. And I, I put the album, yeah, probably around that seven range. I thought it was, I thought it was good. 
it would have been a really, really, really good EP. Yeah. Yeah, she's just... I can see why people love her, but, but yeah, it gets a little gets a little boring you know, towards the end. Yeah. A little boring, You're, and it's kind of a little bit of the same, but the, the first few songs, again, just really, really good. So moving on from Brandy Carlisle to Motorhead... <laughs> Uh, Ace of Spades, um, I, you know, this is kind of one of the landmark hard rock albums, and I'm not going to call it heavy metal because Lemmy always said they're not a heavy metal band. Um, so here's kind of my thought on Motorhead. There's a lot of people that just swear by them, and I've always kind of wondered, do they really enjoy their music as much as they say they do, or they just find Lemmy fascinating, and it's kind of cool because you have guys like James Hetfield and Dave Grohl, you know, drooling about drooling over him all the time. So I wonder if that kind of gets in people's heads. Um, so I guess we'll see. Um, I think Lemmy's very good at what he does, but to me, his voice gets old after a while. Uh, too many of the songs on the album just seem to have basically kind of the same tempo and same riff. Um, I do like the song Ace of Spades, the song Jailbait, and We Are the Road Crew. I thought those were really good. Um, and I kind of feel like uh, if you've heard one of their albums, you've kind of heard them all. In the case of ACDC, for whatever reason, that doesn't seem to bother me or other people. Um, I feel like with Motorhead, I will probably just be kind of the a few of the well-known songs, and that's going to be it. Yeah, that uh, we're agreeing a lot tonight, which is a bit unusual, because I also felt like it was kind of redundant, a lot of the same, just the same sound. And I have a I have agreed to hit Motorhead, and I like it. But if you're just going to keep listening, yeah, I don't know that I, I I need to hear a bunch of Motorhead albums. But this was the one I wanted to try to I wanted to finally listen to. I never listened to it, and I think you're probably I've always thought the same thing. I think it's one that like okay, I love the Misfits. You know that I genuinely love the Misfits, but I know. I really feel like most people you see in a Misfits t-shirt do not love the Misfits. I feel the same way about Motorhead. I feel like most of them wearing a Motorhead t-shirt probably don't love them. They may like them okay, but it's a cool logo. It's an iconic logo. So I think you're, I think you're spot on on that. I, see, I, I hear the influence. You know, when you think about, was it Filthy Phil, the drummer, that double bass? Lenny's got a cool, a cool bass sound. Uh, and... One thing that I've always really, and, and I, I hear this, always hear this when I listen to their music, because I heard Lenny talk about it before. You know, he's talked about his music is really, I mean, we do think of it as metal, but his music is really just kind of, I think it's because it's a little bit louder. It's um, It's got that, that double bass. It's got that deep bass that he's playing. And then that voice, because all of that, we always think metal. When you break it down and listen to it for what it is, it's sped up Chuck Berry and Little Richard. I mean, it really is. And I, I never really thought that way until I heard him talking about it. And if you've never really thought that way, anybody listening, I, I would I would tell you, put on a little Motorhead and just listen to the straight-up like 12-bar blues-type sounds that he's playing that's based out of that 50s rock and roll that he loved. And you hear it. I know it yeah, sounds odd that you're saying about Motorhead, but you do hear it. Well, and it, sometimes you almost hear hear a distorted ro- version of rockabilly music. Yeah, well, I mean that's what 
that that's what that that's a that's a good. I, I, I hear you because that's what Chuck Berry really is. Right. He was kind of a, rooted in a little bit of a rockabilly. So that's a lot of what rock and roll was. Was right. rooted in rockabilly. Listen, to early Elvis. It's rooted in rockabilly. That's true. That's true. It's a good point. All right. So the last album that we're going to talk about is by a band called The Strokes, and the name of the album is "Is This It." Now, <clears throat> I'll admit I have a preconceived bias against this band. And I'll tell you why. I feel like when they came out, it was just the ultra cool thing to like them. And they were being kind of heralded as the saviors of, of rock and roll along with like the White Stripes. And uh, they, you know, just, there was going to be this garage rock movement. And, um, you know, um, it's just, they just got a ton of press and just kind of, you know, they were this New York band and, you know, they had a cool look to them and everything. Um, so I, I'll admit that that was a big strike against them, in my opinion, for a long time. I've got on here. There's some songs that aren't bad. Um, there's you know there's some that are decent, but to me nothing really stands out all that much. Um, I have you know I probably won't listen to them again, uh, but I know like those first two Strokes albums, people really hold in high regard. And there's a uh, a song on the new national album. And I think the song is called we're not in Kansas anymore or something like that. It's basically him talking about things he really liked. And, and he mentions the first two strokes albums. So I know you really like them. Uh, I think they're a little bit more your cup of tea. Um, I'll quote our friend Liam Gallagher. I don't have to listen to it to know I don't like it. (laughs) And uh, that one, I'll admit that maybe there's a bias there that's preventing me from, hearing it with open ears, but it is what it is. Yeah, I, I look at, so it was really, it was kind of the Strokes and Vampire Weekend. Those bands were all coming, coming the Strokes came out first, but it was still, they had that, it was it was that New York rock movement, which I still want to read that book. I can't think of what it's called, but there's a book somebody wrote within the last year about that New York scene that happened in the uh, early 2000s. Strokes, Vampire Weekend, all those bands. Um, and I, I, I really, really like the Strokes. And yes, the first two albums are the best. Um, I buy all their albums, but the, yeah, the first two are great. And the, the Strokes are kind of—they're one of those bands where two is almost where you say it's almost. I understand everything you said about them, but at the same time, it's almost like when you do know you're a bit of a music snob, it's almost like you don't think you should listen to them because you feel like you're being a poser right but they're a really really good band and i love this album and the the first two songs especially you know is this it in modern age i i like it so much hard to explain yes i um I think this is an outstanding album. So I was very, very familiar with it. You know, so we had on here, we had, I mean, really, it's not many. There are only two of the eight albums that I was really familiar with on this list. And then, of course, they come from yours. But, yeah, this 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 is probably, I mean, it and Power Slave are my favorite two on the list. And I might, I might have to give the strokes the edge. I like it that much. <laughs> Probably would get the stroke the edge. That's cool. Um, 
different strokes for no pun intended for different folks. Um, yeah. But all right. So I would say out of the albums that I listened to the, from my list, the one that surprised me the most, honestly was Saxon and, um, no, I'm sorry. Uh, out of your list, the one that surprised me the most was probably Saxon. And uh, out of mine, uh, the one that surprised me the most, uh, I would probably have to go with Power Slave, followed by Brandy Carlisle. The only, the only, the only album that we listened to that I thought was just complete, utter, on par with that band, The Storm, we listened to that time, is <laughs> is uh, is Steely Dan. I just thought, I mean, this is just like, if you locked me in a room with this, I'm, I'm, man, I'm in trouble because it's just, it's awful. So we know, do we ever need to torture David Hudson? Is you put that Steely Dan on and I'm out, man. It's just, I just, oh, I just, it was terrible. It was terrible. It was blowing, it was blowing my mind because you see that out. I'm sorry. I'm getting on a rant. You see that album listed everywhere. People talking about Asia by Steely Dan. You know, and, and they're just these... I think one of the appeals, honestly, about them is they're both kind of nerdy. And they have this... You know, people think they're very... They may be very smart people. Very intellectual. And uh, and, and pe- I don't know, man. I just... I don't get it. They're terrible. Like, I'm, I'm not a fan either. I, like I said, I was probably way too nice about them. But like I said, I didn't like the album. But my the the surprises were exactly what you had: Saxon and Brandy Carlisle. Oh, well, I mean Saxon off of, of, of for my my picks. Saxon was the biggest surprise. Brandy Carlisle off of, off of yours. Um, she was the only one I wasn't familiar with at all. Uh, so I mean, two of uh, I really only had to go off of two of them for your list. Right. But um, and so I would give it to Brandy Carlisle. I would say the favorite album of the ones that I did not know, which again is six of them, would be The Pretenders. Yeah. And then my least favorite album, yes, it's Steely Dan. They are they are winning this they are winning this competition for the worst one. The um, I guess if I thought about which who would I explore deeper we've already kind of talked about this uh, again i've got six albums to choose from and saxon i would say yeah i'm i'm willing to try them out again uh, definitely I, I think it i think if the a surprise as i was by the album, album i might as well try some of the other stuff you know maybe at least their second most popular album steely dan no i won't listen to them again no talking heads i'm gonna try a greatest hit the pretenders yes I am going to explore more of their records. I, I think I'm. I think I might become a pretender fan. Brandy Carlisle. Yeah, it might be something I occasionally listen to. Like, yeah, I may check it out. I'm, I'm not going to just start buying her records, but I was pleasantly surprised. I, I, I loved. I wasn't expecting Emmylou Harris. I was expecting Indigo Girls, uh, and I like the Indigo Girls, but I, I was surprised by the Emmylou, and I, I, I did enjoy it. Um, and then. Motorhead, no, they'll probably just be one of those that when I hear a song, especially if you're at a, at a, say, a rock show and somebody's about to come on and they're playing the Motorhead, it'll get you a little bit fired up. There's a couple Motorhead songs that I do like to lift to, um, but I'm 
probably not going to listen to more Motorhead albums. Yeah, I'm, it's odd. We man, we were in agreement about ninety percent of the time, which ninety percent of the time we can't agree that what today is. Yeah, well, if you think about it, I mean, really, if you think about it, we. I would say we agreed on everything pretty much except for the strokes strokes. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Everything we agreed on. I may have liked one a little bit more than you did on the other ones, but we all felt about the same on all of them. So that's, yeah, that's pretty cool. And, you know, and I, I would say to people, if you're, if you're listening to this and you listen to us regularly, first of all, thank you. Secondly, uh, tell us what you think of this idea, um, and if you love it, uh, go listen to. First of all, listen to the guys who created it, Potter Than Hell. You know, they. I think they do it fairly. I, I know Steve said they really like to do this, and I guess they've done it several times. But um, Dave and I have talked about this, and, and we want to go. We want to do this again. I mean, we want to. We could see ourselves doing this every few months, maybe every couple of months, and. Sometimes that we've done just feels like almost any kind of topic we can think of. So sometimes the the well gets a little dry. And we were uh, texting the other day, and I started telling David, "I said, well, so we pick you know really popular albums, and for the most part, all kind of rock records. So let's let's really, I mean, we so many podcasts out there, and they do a great thing, but they stick to say." just rock, just metal, just uh, all this different stuff. Like we're we're kind of like when we go to this rock and pot expo, this that David and I go to, we're kind of the oddballs because everybody's nothing but hard rock and metal, and we're just not that way. And I love that about us. I hope you do. I mean, if you're listening to us, you probably do too. So I want to explore that deeper. So we were tossing out ideas. We've got a bunch of them. I told David, I was like, look, I mean, let's go everything from – Miles Davis or John Coltrane getting into like super jazzy to trying out black metal like Dark Throne. I mean, literally, let's 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 get let's dig deep into that, or let's let's pull up the Kinks or Towns Van Zant. You know, Slide the Family stuff. Stone. Yeah, you know, Earth, Wind, and Fire. You know, that's that's the kind of stuff we Curtis Mayfield. We want to really get out there and hear this. Uh, um, rap, a, a modern rap record. You know, if you if you've ever watched um, those those two black dudes, uh, Lost in Vegas, they're they're rap guys. They started just they became hugely popular because they just listened to metal, which wasn't their thing, and they found out they liked a lot of it. And so, I think it's a good way for David and I to force ourselves to listen to stuff that we ordinarily wouldn't listen to. So uh, we both love the idea, and when we do this from time to time. I hope I hope you'll like it as well. Yeah, like I said, it was probably the most fun that I've had preparing for one that I had to really prepare for because, like I said, we we weren't I wasn't familiar with any of these eight albums, so that's eight albums I had to at least listen to twice and then do research on. Uh, I really enjoyed it and uh, thought it was fun. And um, I'm like you; I, I think in a couple of months we can um, we can circle back to this and uh, really. Um, really do it again, and like you said, get into some stuff that maybe isn't even remotely close to what we normally listen to. So I, I think that oh. will be a, I think that will be fun and um and and interesting. You never know. You like you're saying like I've got like 
uh, a Miles Davis album. Um, you know, I've you know, it, which isn't isn't bad. And then you're talking about Curtis Mayfield, man. I love the song Pusher, man. Widespread Panic covers it all the time. And I tell you what, uh, I was talking to my friend Ian the other day, and you know, I know you're not a big fan of like jam bands and stuff like that, but it is cool when you have a band like Widespread Panic and the Black Crows that do a substantial number of covers, but they don't necessarily do covers of like really well-known songs. And you hear the song and you're like, ah, that's not any of their albums. And you find out it's a, you know, it's a song by Little Feet or Talking Heads or Curtis Mayfield or whatever. It's really good to expose you to other, um, you know, other, other bands that you may have heard of, but didn't necessarily know, um, you know, anything about. So, um, I definitely want to do this again. And like I said, we'll circle back to this, uh, in a couple of months. I'm glad you came up with, I'm glad you came up with the idea to copy the idea. Yeah. And we're just doing it a little bit, but we're still doing it a little bit different, you know? So we're, I mean, we, we stole it and changed it. Right. You know, Cause we're, we're taking, now we're really going to change it. So if you, if you have, I use the example, you know, if you have in one episode, um, I'm just throwing this out there. Towns Van Zant, Curtis Mayfield, Miles Davis, and Dark Throne. That's going to be a little bit different. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a little bit different. All right. Well, everybody, I think that's probably going to wrap it up for the week. Uh, thank you for listening. And um, our download numbers have been looking really good, so we really appreciate that. If this is your first time listening to us, you can follow us on Twitter at Digital Killed and like us on Instagram at Digital Killed the Radio Star Podcast. And we're not on we're now on Spotify. I meant to um, I don't know if I mentioned that in the last episode. So yeah, we're on Spotify now along with all the other platforms. So uh, really uh, appreciate everybody listening and uh, sharing uh, sharing us and, and leaving us reviews. It's really nice. Uh, Chris and I'll be back next week if all goes to plan we've got probably our biggest guest. So, yeah. Uh, so we're not going to jinx it by telling you who it is, but, uh, it's, it's been confirmed. So unless something happens, uh, we, we have our biggest guest that we've ever had. And so, uh, our buddy Caton, who has been on a couple of episodes with us is going to, uh, join us for that one. And so, uh, if you've listened to any of our episodes with Caton, you can guess what style of music, uh, the interview is going to come from. So, uh, Thank you, everybody, for listening. Chris and hopefully Caton uh, be with us next time you hear from us, and we'll have yeah. that out soon. Thank you, everybody. And we, and, and we do. I will let me cut you off. Just stay listening to us because we do have a few other things working. I don't think this is our. He's right. This is our biggest interview, but we got a couple other working as well. So uh, I think we got some good things coming up. And um, before you sign us completely off, David, follow Corpse Grinder. <laughs> I just did. <laughs> Mrs. Corpse Grinder appreciates it. Take care, everybody, and you'll hear from us next week.